0: What's up you guys, Sean Ross at Fightful.com, here with a name you know. We heard from him just about five or six months ago, and man, have things changed for him. We've got EJ and Duca, how you doing man?
1: Hey Sean, thanks for having me man, I'm doing good,
0: blessed, and alive. Man, we, we talked to you right after your WWE release, and I think it was pretty evident that you were not going to be a free agent long, and you were not a free agent very long, <laughs> Within a couple of months, you ended up in MLW. And I I spoke to Court Bauer, and he said, I can't believe he was available. I'm so happy we got him. Like, he was over the moon about (laughs) landing you. Please tell me how that process was from the time we talked, which was just a week after your release, Mm -hmm. to signing on the dotted line with MLW.
1: So it happened uh, pretty fast. Um, Of course, I'm at the gym. And then I get a message, <laughs> I get a message uh, from Joseph and um, we start talking and uh, you know, things uh, started getting pretty serious. And then uh, we linked with the uh, court and then we got on a conference call and then uh, we kind of let things uh, simmer down a little bit and then we talked again and um, I was very interested. They were interested and uh, we made things happen.
0: And that that was something that you stressed to me was very important. Like you wanted to show people what you could do uh, right. We wanted to erase any possibility of any negative connotation that came right. with your name. And uh, I mean, I think that the, we're, we're months deep into you being at MLW and they still seem to be over the moon about you. You're, you're going to be at War Chamber November 6th in Philadelphia. That's right. Whew, and in this chaotic type of match it seems to be something that you thrive in you popped up in that battle royal and eliminated i think i think it was 274 people that you threw absolutely it was was a lot of people
1: give or take
0: (laughs) please tell me what that first experience in the ring with mlw was like because you made quite the impression
1: that first experience was amazing it was dope to say the least it was actually my first tv match and of course it's a battle riot with uh, you know 40 other people and um, it it was awesome you know um, I love like I said before I love being thrown in the fire because I think diamonds are made with pressure and what better opportunity than a battle riot to be able to come in show up and show out and show that the judge is as advertised
0: so as you're preparing for that like you getting any advice from anybody or like how how are you how, I mean, this is a different locker room than yeah, than yeah, NXT. Sure. Now, NXT has plenty of experienced people, too. But,
1: Absolutely. I mean, at
0: any given time, you've got, like, a Savio Vega or, or like, a Tom Lawler or a Blue Meanie. Like, there, yeah. there are so many different types of levels of experience there. What was that like preparing for this?
1: Uh, it was awesome. So, at first, you know, I kind of sat back and observed, you know, um, especially being the new guy in the locker room, I kind of listened and then, you know, like you said, Savio, Blumini, I listened to some of those guys, uh, Davey Richards, uh, you know, Lawler, Hammer, Patu, the leaders of the locker room. I kind of, you know, listened up and um, started to put my input in spots that, you know, I do, I would work well in and show where I did well and I asked others, you know, what they did well and how, you know, we could make shine them up a little bit. And uh, we made some magic.
0: It was really great. I thought it was a great highlight of you and what you could do and, and your strengths and all that. So when you find out they're putting that kind of confidence in you right after you've been signed, how Mm. does that make you feel? Because I'm sure you had been through a roller coaster over the past few months and then you're in there and you're tossing out a third of the field. I mean, that's got to feel good about, about your decision to head where you headed. Oh yeah,
1: absolutely. And, And like I said, um, my decision to go to MLW was just how transparent, honest, and, you know, how everybody had always said good things about the organization, good things about Bauer. Um, I'm good friends with Wale, chopped it up with him. Yeah. He said nothing but good stuff. And so when I got there, you know, um, it was awesome. Like, you know, just being able to get, get that opportunity to show exactly what I could do is, it's a blessing. Like, i you know it's hard when you're sitting on the sideline and just watching everybody else go and you know that you can do the very same thing but it's one thing to be able to get in there and actually execute and so my job was i wanted to exceed people's expectation i didn't want to just get the bare minimum i did not want them to be like uh oh, th- we thought that i wanted to go over and beyond
0: have you had a chance to listen to wale's new album
1: no, not yet. Um, I'm a okay. new dad, so oh, yeah. I've just been doing daddy duties all day. When I listen to an album, I want to sit down, and I want to marinate in it from yeah. top to bottom in order, and I want to give Wale that respect. But 1,000% that album will be listened to.
0: What a great guy he is, too. Just, just yeah. an awesome dude. I've always, always liked him. Fire and Ice, my favorite oh. track on there. I like Poke It Out because I grew up as I, – I think A Tribe Called Quest is my – my, the first hip hop group I ever heard. So, so it's got the, the Q-tip, uh, sample in there. So I, I I love that. It's, I encourage people to check that out, not to turn this into a Wale plug like he needs it. like He needs (laughs) it.
1: Well, Wale, Wale, funny thing is Wale, I've been a huge fan of Wale ever since I was a kid. Wale is Nigerian. I'm Nigerian. And it wasn't always cool to be African out here, you know? So as a kid, you know, he was making fire music. He was, where we wanted to be he was a great role model so being able to meet him and just chop it up with him and just talk to him I was like man this
0: is so dope yeah he's a wonderful dude so so happy to see him integrated into wrestling more and more with the NXT theme right. and with Big E's theme as well just uh really really awesome so during that period of free agency like when when you like were you trying to navigate the indie waters? Like how long did it take after your release before you even got that call? Because I would imagine there was some interest in your services, but yeah. I mean there was there's I'm sure there's some curiosity too because a lot of these people hadn't seen you work yet.
1: Right, right. So a lot of people were ready to sign me sight unseen. Um, I MLW signed me site yeah. unseen. Um, I was getting calls maybe maybe the day, the day after. Um nice. everything during that time was such a blur because you know how it is, especially with such a huge pivotal moment like that in your mind, everything kind of starts to blur together. But um I'm pretty sure it's within a day, day or two. And then you know I started talking to others in the art industry and just kind of asking them what their experiences were at certain promotions. And um yeah, that's that's where I was and it's just been a blessing being at MLW. Um, and like I said, being able to showcase your abilities on a platform like that—I mean, it doesn't get any
0: better. So we're heading into this War Chamber match, and okay. uh, and not only not only do you have that match coming up, you have a huge—I think it's like a twelve-man match coming right. up soon. So it's like you're you're involved in these all-out wars, and, right. and and of course some of the people who I even mentioned. In the battle royal, like Savio, Blue Meanie, then you got like Warhorse popping up, all kinds of people. King Mo, a guy who I I watched in MMA for a long time. Like you're thrown into a lot of these situations where there's a lot of people involved. Now, from limited in ring experience, does that like how is that for you to adjust to? Do you prefer that because you get more people to sort of pick their brain on? Is it something that you feel is second nature, or is it a bit of a learning experience?
1: Um, it's, it's second nature. Uh, just with all these different great minds, different styles, different abilities, you, you learn a lot. Like I said, being thrown into the fire, especially in this industry is a fight or flight. Like, and I'm a fighter, you know what I'm saying? And like you said, King Mo, he's a, I mean, the, the moment I met him, he's teaching me how to do a whole, like legitimately two minutes into meeting my man, Mo, we're in the ring working on like, you know, cool Uh, shoot holds that we could, you know, do inside the ring. And so just being able to bounce ideas off these people and not being told no or not yet is awesome.
0: So uh, when when you see that, or when you saw that roster, uh, like, was there anybody that you mix it up with, whether it be the Battle Riot or this match, which is airing soon, that you're like, I can't wait to get in there in a singles match with them. Like, you just sometimes Ooh. you touch somebody and you feel the chemistry and you kind of it works really well together
1: yeah um I re- i'm really a big fan of davy richards oh, god, uh, yeah This guys this guys tremendous um i really love the way mads kruger works okay um another big man that you know he's he's uh he's agile and uh he moves well on his feet obviously would love to get in there with hammer and batu those guys are the titans of the uh division right now so that would be awesome and um i mean the roster is so saturated with people that i would love like lee moriarty Woo, that's another one good dude smooth like butter so you know people like that would definitely love to get in the ring with them and also learn from
0: them i my my god i just watch lee moriarty work and like i I learn something every time like his footwork is so good he's got such smooth footwork footwork. he always knows where he is in the ring and you can tell Got great he's awareness. He's always
1: where you need him to be, and he's always where he needs to be.
0: So again, November sixth, November sixth uh, MLW war chamber, war and chamber. No. We, we've seen, you know, the similar matches, war games in the past. You were in NXT when a couple of those happened. Did you yeah. happen to see any of like the 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 putting together or production or anything of that in any capacity to learn from it? Or is this you kind of going in blind? Oh, no, no question.
1: When I was at NXT, like I said, I would show up early. And so on uh, days, uh, TV days, I'm there early and I'm watching them going through the matches. I'm watching, you know, different uh, things that people wanted to work on. Um, I'm listening to Hunter talk to them. I'm listening to, you know, all these people that are talking. I'm just in the melting pot and listening. I've also for the past couple of weeks been watching a bunch of elimination chamber matches, okay. cage matches, all this stuff. And um, I'm just kind of, you know, learning and just bringing it all in and just gonna melt the judge with what uh, I've been uh, exposed to.
0: Is there anything specifically that you looked at from those? Because I mean, th- th- those NXT uh, War Games matches because they did change a little bit. Like sometimes yeah. the structure would change, sometimes the match yeah. would change, the participants that you looked at, and maybe you you put in your head and you're like that'd be a good spot. I think maybe I could do this. Were you like cooking up violent stuff to do to people?
1: So um, I wasn't necessarily looking for like spots. I was more looking towards the story, the stories they told and how they uh, emulated what they were trying to portray and involved the people that were there, because that's the biggest thing is getting them to feel, getting them to want, getting them to invest themselves in these matches. And that's where, I want to excel. I want to grab their attention. And um, it's the stories, how to make these people, uh, not these people, the amazing fans, uh, be drawn into what you're trying to show them.
0: So now that you're out of the Performance Center, you're heading to MLW. When do you devote time to training? Is it more like when you're at tapings and you're like, "Hey, can you can you come work with me like a King Mo oh. or something like that?" Or is it? No, no, no. no. I
1: train. Know? I train pretty much every day. I'm with uh, Devon right now. One oh, of the incredible. biggest people that I looked up to when I was young, especially at ECW. And I mean, lo and behold, I'm wrestling in Philly at the old ECW arena every yeah. day. And so, you know, even before my first match, I chopped it up with Diva and I talked to him. And he told me, he said, you know, that Philly crowd is, uh, is a tough crowd. But yes. once you win them over, you know, they love you for life. And uh, when I went in that Philly crowd, I mean, I got chills my first match because backstage, you know, there's 21 other people before me and you're listening to the crowd. And I'm like, damn, are they going to know who I am? Are they going to make any noise? What is it going to be like? And as soon as I stepped out there, I took a deep breath and I heard the pop and I and I got chills. And I was like, and it was that energy because this was the first match back after COVID for MLW. So that energy, it was electrifying. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. So what you saw me do right there was authentic from my 10 toes down in the ground. I was just feeling it. And um, so, you know, I talked to Devon about it and he's been, great, man. I've just learned so much from him. Like, you know, everybody knows the PC is basically the Harvard of wrestling, but Devon's Academy is, is, is amazing. Like I've learned the little stuff, the in-between stuff, the character, the, the development, like how to tell the story, how to engage the audience, you know, call, I've been learning how to call on the fly. And that's something that I've really, really been uh, focusing on. And he's just been helping me with that. And, you know, he's not going to just blow smoke up your ass. I, I love him because he's he's as advertised as well. And he tells you when you're wrong and when you're right. And so after each match, you know, I don't have thin skin. And I and I go up to him after the showcase and I said, hey, is there anything I need to work on? Is there anything you would suggest? And he'll tell you what you need to work on and also what you did well at. And um, I think one of the worst things to do is to parade this industry, not being able to be coached or being able to get better, you know, because you don't want to be stagnant because the only thing that's constant in this world is change and you've got to be able to adapt. So, um, being at Devon School has been amazing, the people there are amazing. I'm training with other NXT guys that got released, other AEW guys, you know, so it's been a uh, tremendous.
0: Well, guys, you can check it out. Um, uh, November 6th, it is that's War right. Chamber MLW EJ. I always look forward to talking to you. Hopefully we do again very soon.
1: And also check out the 12-man elimination match coming up next week on MLW Fusion. It'll be on YouTube, me and Sports, Fight TV. You guys make sure you check that out. And also check out the new merch.
0: Oh, nice. The
1: anti-judge judge club. You know, (laughs) okay. Okay. So we're out here. Get you some. The link is in my bio. You can follow me. On Instagram, at at EJ underscore. Twitter is at EJ the Judge. And uh, I appreciate every single one of you. And Philly, I love y'all. Thank you for all the energy. Philly, you guys are amazing. You guys are like my second home.
0: Until next time, guys. Follow the man. Support the man. We're out